Here's your host, Mark Moses. Good afternoon and welcome. Welcome indeed to hour number three of the Mark Moses Show. All right, let's go out to Orlando. Let's talk more NFL playoffs here on Reaction Monday. This guy, I know he watched all weekend long, and he does a great job covering the Jaguars 24-7. Jaguars report and... UCF coverage for Black and Gold Banneret. He's been joining me all season. His name's Kyle Nash. Kyle, how you doing today? Hey, good to jump in today, Mark. Had a lot of fun watching playoffs this week. I'm sure we're going to get right into that, man, but uh, good to hear from you. Yeah, you as well. Um, I was just talking about the 49ers, the team you grew up rooting for. Yes. They get it done. They win. What do you think of this football team coming off the victory against Green Bay, and now they're going to host Detroit? Hey, listen, I have no problem calling with people calling the Niners lucky on this one. I had no idea that uh, while I loved what Jordan did leading up to this point, I had no idea the ghost of Brett Favre was going to possess him to finish that game up. But it's a rough time for the Packers and the Niners in the playoffs. They've even had more struggles with them overall historically lately than uh, the Cowboys. But I digress. Listen, if you're a Niners fan, you're walking out of that one worried. You're wondering why Kyle Shanahan once again got a little too scared just because one man went down when you have this many tools in your belt. Debo Samuel, of course, is what I'm referring to. And i got to tell you, man, a lot of people are talking about Debo Samuel in the upcoming game. I don't think that matters as much, but for this game just passed, it seemed to me like Kyle Shanahan panicked and had a lot of trouble kind of altering the game plan. I think the play of the game, and I want your take, fourth quarter, Brock Purdy, who was all over the place, he threw this ball up in the air, and Juwan Jennings caught it, and it was a big pickup. I think if you drop that ball, I don't know if San Francisco wins, but that... That drive, catch by Jennings, go down the field and score, that was the difference. It's funny where people are very critical of Brock Purdy. He made the plays late. Do you feel that way as well? Sure. I can make the argument that Brock Purdy was more mentally tough than uh, Kyle Shanahan, as I just mentioned. And that's not a shot at Shanahan. That's just kind of what this dude does. This is what happens when you have Mr. Irrelevance at quarterback. You know, they've found a way to survive this long, and they rely on that pose poise, Mark. But listen, normally I don't bring up whether both quarterbacks affected by it in this game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was raining. You didn't really see it on TV, but then you on the side shots, you could see it was pouring very, very hard. I've been asking people this all day. So Brock Purdy, if you're on Twitter during this game, people are destroying this guy, saying he's terrible, he's not good. He won the game. He won on the drive. He scored. He's in the NFC Championship game. As a guy that's seen him all season, what do you think of Brock Purdy right now, year two in this offense? I Listen, as, as the Niner fan who was up and down saying Brock Purdy isn't an MVP, by the same token, listen, I'm going to have to play the DJ Khaled defense for him just as loudly as I played it for Jimmy Garoppolo back when he was eliminating the Packers from the playoffs with regularity. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be a higher score at the end of the game. And sloppy football works in the playoffs and gets people to championships. The thing is, a lot of other teams have in the past played sloppy football with good defense and had quarterbacks that, you know, are household names. Mm. We're not used to Christian McCaffrey being an MVP like they used to be these running backs back in the 70s and 80s, right? This is what the Niners are, and Debo Samuel is a blow because he's one of the athletes that isn't that, but there's a lot of toughness on this team. I know that the Niners missed tackles, 
It's going to be interesting to see how that comes up against the Lions next week. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, Purdy got the job done. I can't knock him. I have no problem calling them lucky. But, hey, success is where luck and opportunity meet, Mark Moses. How much better is this offense if Debo Samuel's in there, though? I mean, the more weapons you give Kyle Shanahan, for all my shots about how he panicked, he's still a good coach at the end of the day, right? I mean, this is this is something, and I forget the exact uh, number, but there's a proven formula where if the Niners are down by more, th- more than five points in the fourth quarter, they don't win the football game. Sure, that's a lot of teams. But l- listen, at the end of the day, if Samuel's back, obviously you want that, but I don't feel like with this much time to prepare that they absolutely have to have him to win. Not like Trent Williams at left tackle. Oh, I, look, I'm with you 100%. You have to have him in there. You have to. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he is a monster to have in that offense. And you bring up McCaffrey. McCaffrey was big. He made plays as well. I it's it's weird to say. You look at this matchup. What did you think of the Lions and how they played against the Buccaneers yesterday? I, I listen. I think both teams were playing with house money and just played a lot of fun. Frankly, you know, mm. it, I think the reason why the, the Buccaneers won the game at the end of the day is that they're just a little bit tougher overall. This isn't to say that this Bucks team was quote, bad. Listen, for all the time that we've spent trashing the NFC South, Mark Moses, I've been pressed by the showing the Bucks offered. I know that I uh, at the end of the day it says that they won by two touchdowns, but that game was close well into the fourth quarter. It's kind of like the back half of the fourth quarter that the game really got air quotes blown open, right? So uh, listen, plenty of credit for what the Bucks did this past weekend. We're here with Kyle Nash. All right, Bucks are down 14. They score the touchdown. Then they go for two. I hated the call. I hated it with all my heart. I don't care about analytics. I'm not going for two. What would you have done? What what would you have called? I'm not calling two. And then there's no there's no pass interference call. I mean, what would you have done in that situation? Yeah, I, and, and and I'll put it this way. I, I'm not against going for two at that moment. I, I see what the idea is. You kind of got two, two shots to go for two, theoretically. Um, if you miss it here, you get you have another shot to get the other one late to make up for it. That's kind of the part I like about it. Would I have called it as a coach? No, probably not. But the defense, I'll, I'll give, I'll give coach a little credit here, Mark. There's a defense to be had where if you're feeling like your team has the momentum right then, it makes sense to pull the trigger. And maybe, maybe Tom Bowles is a braver guy than we are, and and I can see it from that perspective. I have said it before. Um, you know, with you and in other places I speak, but yeah, I feel like he was riding the momentum and I can't get mad at that. I just don't know that I would have done it. I don't know about you. And I like coach Bowles. I do. I've heard him talk before. Every mm-hmm. time they show him on the sidelines, he looks like a statue. He's not talking. He's just staring. You know, I'm right. Every single time, every game, he just, he doesn't move his mouth. He's sitting. <laughs> what is he doing? Listen, listen. I grew, we grew up watching Tony Dungy on the Tampa Bay sideline. You get top all the hard time for that. I, maybe it's because I'm used to it from back then. I don't yes. know, but I'm not here to say you're wrong. I'm just like I, I listen. Dead silence. All I can say he's a different Tony Dungy. That's all I can give you. He, Jim Caldwell was the same way. Just complete, just nothing. Just you're like, why? Do, I don't. I don't need you to be yelling and screaming, pulling your hair out. Just talk once in a while. We're on the sideline. I'm sorry. I. I'm still angry about the game yesterday. Um, okay. How old were you in 1991, the last time Detroit was on Championship Sunday? 
1991, at that time, I would have been 11, um, turning 12 later that year. Man, late 70s, baby. I see that here. All right. I was, I was born 82, so at that time, I was about nine years old. That's wild. And I asked this before, can you do it? Who did they play the last time they were in the championship Sunday? Oh gracious! You, you have me. You have me thoroughly stymied. I can't give you that. Wow! I, you, you saying lions and success? I you, you knocked right. me right off. Um, <laughs> it's Washington. Wow! Yeah, that's right. That's the is that the ripping crew? Yes. Yeah, it would have to be right. Yeah, I think they beat Dallas and then lost to Washington. That's right. <sighs> yeah, and that's last time Washington's been that far in the playoffs. <laughs> I've I've scouted. I've scouted. Rippin's nephew since then. There's some context for you, bro. <laughs> you know what's funny about your Niners? You're always there. You always just show up with some new quarterback, and you're there deep in the playoffs. It's pretty remarkable when you think about it. Come on. Oh, but Mark Moses, we're supposed to be firing the GM and the coach because the whole thing didn't go as well as it should have with Trey Lance, right? <clears throat> it's so anyway. wild. It's so wild that you botch. <laughs> okay, remember, at the time of that draft, you had Jimmy G. And he just took you to a Super Bowl recently. But then you're like, no. And he was winning playoff games. You're like, no, we're going to put all our eggs in a basket. We're going to go get Trey Lance. You remember you traded with the Dolphins to get up there. Absolutely. And then he didn't work. And then he he worked. Uh, go on. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, and I like the trade, too. Like, here's the way to actually respond to it. At least they didn't end up with Mac Jones. That's all I'll say, because they'd probably still be trying to put eggs in that basket, kind of like the Pats had done the past couple seasons. So, hey, listen, there's a bullet dodged. It's all about perspective, Mark Moses, right? That draft. All right, so Trevor Lawrence won. Then Zach Wilson, two. The trade-up to Trey Lance at three. Then my Bears take uh, uh, Justin Fields at 11. And then Mac Jones is like 14 or 15 in that. So, I don't – honestly – after what happened to Trevor Lawrence, who I still believe in, I don't know what to think of that quarterback class. How about you? <laughs> I think I, the jury's still out. I mean, listen, no disrespect to your Bears. I still think Fields was a good pick for them at the time, but the argument can be made that Trey Lance still has the most potential if he comes in to be the successor to, to, or, um, to Tony Rumba, to Dak Prescott <laughs> at this point. Stop it. Look, Kyle Trask has played as much as Trey Lance. Come on. <laughs> Right, but who has more potential at this point? It ain't Trask. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> what did Trey Lance? Remember, he played what, like a year at North Dakota, and then, and then he sat out. Something. It's something crazy. He barely. Yeah, he 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 missed the first like the first. He sat out the first season, and then he played a couple seasons as what was the Niners' de facto starter. Yeah, you remember. And then they had to go and dig up Jimmy G after they quote unquote. Um, gave up on him. I hate using that term yeah. because the real the real issues the Niners had was you can't help the club in the tub and Garoppolo wasn't available. And remember, that's how we end up getting to Brock Purdy was Garoppolo got hurt again, just like they were trying to get off of, right? So what a franchise! And and by the way, <laughs> you're in the NFC Championship game. Hell, right. I bet deep in your heart, if Purdy doesn't get injured, you probably think you beat the Eagles last year. Well, this year is certainly evidence of that. Now, granted, they were playing much better, better with Shane Steichen back then. But uh, I, I agree with that. But then the realist in me also says, hey, listen, 
also understand your Niners are back in the championship game here, mostly because the NFC is what it is, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> okay, so you're you're going Niners over Lions, correct? I am, I am. All right. The other game, who do you got, Baltimore or do you have Kansas City? You're asking me to pick Lamar Demetrius Jackson or Patrick LeVon Mahomes II. In this case, I have Lamar. Why do you have the Ravens? Just because they're a more complete team overall. Listen, no disrespect to what the Chiefs did. That game was less about Patrick LeVon Mahomes II showing up. He's been here all year. Everybody else decided to play. And while that's a cute, cute story, there are certain elements of the Buffalo defense that wasn't at full strength because they have been getting beat on throughout the year. I think the Ravens are more complete defensively. I think they'll demand more of Patrick LeVon Mahomes II. And I think they have fewer answers for what Lamar Demetrius Jackson does than the Ravens defense do for the uh, Chiefs offense, man. It's, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. No, I see another three-point game just like this. If the Chiefs win, do we just just forget it? It's just forget even trying to beat this team. <laughs> I'll right. put it this way: the AFC side, I believe we're looking at the eventual Super Bowl champs, regardless of victory. Oh, you're okay. You're calling your shot now. You think who wins between Baltimore and Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl? I do. I like Baltimore as well. I think their defense is legit. And I know in the history of that franchise, they've had some great defenses. This one, I mean, you think about Houston. They did not score an offensive touchdown in that game. Just shut them down. All right. Yeah. You're going. Those are your, all right. So you're taking San Fran and Baltimore, a rematch of the Super Bowl when the lights went out in the Superdome in New Orleans. That's what you're going with. Yes, yeah, a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl. Yes. That's right. <laughs> it's the... <laughs> Are you tired like me today? Like, I'm exhausted from watching those four games. I mean, it, it, the entire weekend's worth of stuff. And listen, my kid even had his first soccer game this weekend. Like, I was all over the place, Mark Moses. Yes, I'm tired. How, how did he do in soccer? I need to know. Come on. Uh, his first sporting event ever, two goals. Oh, young Corbin. Yes. Well, maybe Inner Miami needs to sign him to a mega deal. I like this. This is pretty good. I mean, if they need a midfielder, he's he's got the right moves for it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> hey, you and me could team up with Messi, and we'd look awesome. All right, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, buddy. <laughs> Messi would like he'd like kick it off your head, and it would somehow go in. It'd be one of those things. Yes. Before I let you yes, go. Playing with Messi would make both of us look like we played clean. That's right. Anyways. We're here with Kyle Nash. I'm trying not to laugh. You <laughs> you had to cover some magic games over the last yes. couple of days. They got the big win last night. You've gotten to finally see him in person. What do you think of the magic right now? Listen, the, the Magic are back to having the same problems they've always had, but when they're full strength, they're awesome. When they're injured, they still can get around some things. When they're too injured, okay, they have to tap out. Listen, I'm just glad to see that Suggs keeps running the point, plays super tough. Paolo Bancaro keeps doing Paolo Bancaro sort of things. I, I like that they're relying on him being a big star. And I am the most surprising player this year is Goga Pataze doing what he's done down low. It's very rare for the Magic to get completely out-muscled down low, and the only teams I feel like that have done it 
have been Philly and Minnesota. But this is what happens when you have Carl Anthony Towns combined with Rudy Gobert, and then when you have Joel Embiid come to town, so he did Joel Embiid things. They didn't even have Franz Wagner to balance it out from the outside. So, like, the, the games where they've struggled the most have usually involved some sort of key staff missing. But, hey, they won the, against the Heat. What was it last night? I was happy to see that even with all the stuff they've been dealing with. Now, granted, they're down Franz Wagner again tonight for Cleveland, but we'll see what happens. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? That's a great game to go to. It really is. It's a great oh, yeah. game. It's very like March Madness feel with the Heat fans and the Magic fans. It's really cool. It really is. Um, what can we check out with your coverage, buddy? Uh, podcasts, any of that stuff? Well, yeah, hey, listen, the Student of the Game podcast will be on tomorrow night, 8.40 p.m. Eastern. Just check that out on the socials surrounding the Student of the Game. And, of course, check out my continued work with the Black and Gold Banneret covering UCF basketball and any football news on the Night Shift podcast as well as blackandgoldbanneret.com. And my work as well with the three-point conversion A7BN Sports covering the Magic and, of course, the Jaguar Report. Okay, before I let you go, Kyle Nash, and I appreciate coming on on short notice. You saw the Bills. That was such a gut-wrenching type loss for them. Just pulled their heart out. Yeah. With your teams, what's one of those losses you can think off the top of your head where you'll never get over it? Oh, I mean, ironically, dealing with the Packers on a regular basis. Why do you think I was so excited for the thing they call the catch two with Terrell Owens catching that ball? Well, it was still, yeah, it was still Terrell back then. He didn't change it to Terrell. But uh, making that catch over the middle uh, with a pass from Steve Young, that was the revenge for all the times that Brett Favre got involved and did things. It almost makes me feel good that Brett Favre got involved again by helping the Niners win against the Packers by channeling himself through Jordan Love. But I digress. See, what's interesting, your answer, you didn't give me really the gut-wrenching. You gave me the revenge. I find that interesting. The problem with the Bills, they don't have the revenge game yet. They don't. No. It's all, all the Bills have is the greatest moment is when they came back from 35-3 to against the Houston Oilers. That's about it (laughs) with the history of the franchise. It's like, it's so crazy. So much heartbreak for the Bills. Oh, well, his name's Kyle Nash. My man, thank you so much for your help. I'll talk to you later, all right? An honor, joy, and privilege, Mark Moses. But until next time, class dismissed. All right, good stuff.